Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Benediction. So glad to have you with me once again. I'm always thankful for those who take time out of their schedules to listen to this podcast. It is a privilege and a labor of love for me. I love to share and to teach and to share the word of God. And for those who may be listening for the first time, welcome. Hopefully this isn't your last time. I encourage you to listen to some of the other episodes that I've done. And I pray they will be blessing to you. And if you're listening to me via an app, I thank you for that. But I encourage you also to check out my website, GoBeyondTheBenediction.com. All the episodes are there in one place, kind of a one-stop shop for all things Beyond the Benediction. And in addition to that, I would like to hear from you. You can leave me a voicemail or you can just uh, leave me a comment. You can subscribe to the podcast through the website. That way you can stay abreast of everything that goes on. So I thank you again so much for your support. All right, let's get started with this week's episode, The Amazing Grace of God. Now, when we hear the words amazing grace, I'm sure those of us who are Christians and even those who aren't have heard the song Amazing Grace. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> but the song Amazing Grace is a very popular song even for those who don't subscribe to Christianity. It's on Amazing Grace. The lyrics are Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. was blind, but now I see. When you hear the word grace, what usually comes to mind is a song, as I just mentioned. But what also comes to mind is someone when they get ready to eat, they say grace to give God thanks for the food that you're about to receive. And then when someone is nice to you, they're saying that person's very gracious, someone who's very hospitable. That person is gracious to you. Or you may see someone like a ballerina or a ballroom dancer, someone who moves with effortless beauty and form. You say that person is moving with grace. So these are things that we hear typically when we hear the word grace. But when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to God, Grace has something that is something that has a much more profound meaning. We tend to partner the word grace with the word mercy. Those things are typically said together. Now, what's the difference? Well, mercy is God giving us forgiveness when we've done something wrong, when we should be punished, when we justly deserve punishment for doing something wrong. That's mercy. Well, grace is God giving us another chance. So in essence, mercy is forgiveness when we've done wrong, and grace is another chance to do right. And we can be gracious to one another, but God's grace is so much more amazing and so much more powerful, so much more substantial, especially in comparison to the grace that man gives, because our grace can be conditional. And our grace can be limited. But God's grace is so amazing. Even those who don't believe in God, we're still recipients of God's grace. Because as we're going to talk about this episode, 
grace is God's way of giving us another chance. Because as I mentioned in previous episodes, all of us, whether we're Christian or not, we mess up all the time. We sin all the time, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we ask for forgiveness or not, we still sin quite a bit. And in order for us to still have an audience with God, to be able to still say the name God, to still be able to pray and to seek his face is only because God is gracious. God's grace allows us to still have a relationship with God, despite our best efforts to sever that relationship with God. We try our best to do what we want and we operate in pride and selfishness and ego. And these are all things that are contrary to the way God would have us to live. But yet God's amazing grace still overtakes us and God gives us yet another chance to do right and to get right in his sight and to still be reconciled at a salvation perspective back to him. So this week's episode, The Amazing Grace of God, I want to give give a couple of things that shows us why God's grace is not just amazing, but God's grace is absolutely necessary for a person, especially for those of us who are Christians. As Christians, we live by faith. As the scripture says, we walk by faith and not by sight. But if we live by faith, we move by grace. You see the difference? Faith is what keeps us alive. It keeps us living. It keeps us connected to God. But grace allows us to keep moving and operating for God. So that's another kind of brief version of what grace is. But let's go ahead and dig in. So the first thing that we need to know about the amazing grace of God is that God's grace is vital in our salvation. That while we know our salvation obviously comes from our faith, that we are saved not because of anything we've done or anything we say, but because of our acceptance of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ on the cross and accepting his payment for our sins. But God's grace is still vital in our salvation, because as I've already uh, said, God's grace is what gives us an opportunity to even receive salvation. Because it takes time for you and I to come to the realization that we're sinners and we need to be saved, that we need to be rescued from the penalty of our sin. And that time span from the realization that we need to be saved to the actual salvific act is God's grace. And even the times when we didn't even think about God, we weren't pursuing righteousness. We were not living for the Lord. God's grace was still vital because God still kept us and sustained us and gave us an opportunity to seek him and kept us until we received salvation. Let me give you a scripture. Titus chapter 3, verse 7. It says, because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Now, one thing I also want to talk about with this in our salvation is that when it comes to grace, sometimes what we think is God's approval is really God's waiting room. What do I mean by that? 
You may do something or say something or go about something that you want. And it's totally against God's will. And we think because God may not address it immediately. Well, that's God's approval that God's way of saying he's okay with what we did. But what that is, is really grace. Sometimes when we mistake God's silence as approval is really God's grace. And that time where he does not strike us down, so to speak, when we fall short, when he does not punish us as our sins justly deserve, he's giving us a chance to repent. He's giving us a chance to turn back to him. Every one of us in some way has offended someone, has hurt someone's feelings, has done something that has really seriously damaged somebody. All of us have. None of us are immune to that. Now, we may not get punished by God immediately for what we've done or what we've said. But the reason why God isn't just jumping down our throat every time we do wrong is because he's being gracious. He's giving us an opportunity not just to come to him to repentance, but to also go to someone else, the ones we've offended, and also make amends with them. So that's just a, a side note when we're talking about the grace of God. But to bring it back to our salvation, he's doing the same thing with us. We wrong him. We offend him. When we do him wrong, he gives us an opportunity to come back to him. As the scripture just said in Titus, his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that despite the fact we messed up, we've fallen short, we've transgressed against him. His grace gives us an opportunity to be made right in his sight. Here's another scripture. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. And it says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You see that? What it says here that God is patient to you. That patience is him showing his amazing grace. That Because let's be honest. Let's contrast God's grace with us. The moment someone does us wrong or the moment someone offends us, we want immediate retribution. We want revenge immediately. We don't want to wait another second. But look at how God's grace is so different. God not only withholds the punishment, he gives an opportunity to seek forgiveness, to maybe even evade or avoid the punishment. You see how amazing God's grace is? The whole idea that God says, you've offended and you've transgressed, but I'm going to give you a chance to get it right. That's an amazing sign of the grace of God. God knows that we've sinned. He knows that based on his standard, our default destination is not heaven, but hell. But he gives us grace and time to try to, as the scripture just said in Second Peter, to come to repentance. Because it says he's not slow to fulfill his promise. Now, that promise could mean either to save those who come to him. Well, that promise is also, and we don't like to talk about this, to punish those who reject him. But even in that, he withholds his wrath to give you and I an opportunity that we can seek him and find salvation. What a wonderful display of the grace of God. That's something I think as Christians, we don't talk about, we don't think about, 
and we definitely don't praise God enough for is his grace and our salvation. The fact that he waits and gives you and I ample time and ample opportunities through his grace to hopefully and ultimately receive salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing that we should know about God's grace is that God's amazing grace is needed in our trials. We need God's grace because we're going to be in trials. We're going to be faced with tribulation, with temptations and challenges to our faith. And because these challenges are going to be to our faith, we're going to fall short. It may not be intentional, but no one who's ever lived has been totally obedient to God at all times. No one has been 100% committed to God. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that there's none that are righteous. No, not one. So the trials that we speak of, there's two types of trials we're going to talk about in this particular point. And the one trial is our missteps. The fact that we try to do right and we fall short and we fall prey to temptation. We fall prey to the pull of the and the antics and the enticements of the world. But God's grace helps us and strengthens us and keeps us when we face trials. Let me give you a scripture. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace. It is throne of grace. Wow. What a powerful uh, set of words there. God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, what's awesome about God's grace is that even though we mess up, even when we try to do right, God factors in our mistakes and failures into his plan for our lives. Basically, in a nutshell, when you and I mess up, God is not taken by surprise. God is not up in heaven. And when you and I mess up, he's like, man, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I can't believe you did that again. He knows exactly when we're going to mess up, how we're going to mess up, where we're going to mess up. And let's be honest, who we're going to mess up with. He knows all that. But God's grace is so amazing that he still takes those things into account when he has plans for our lives. He already makes account for our missteps and our mistakes and our failures. That's how amazing God's grace is, because let's be honest, most of us don't give someone a second chance to mess up. Most of us don't show the same kind of grace that God shows. Most of us, we have the rule. All you have to do is mess up one time with me and I'm never trusting you again. I'm never going to give you another chance. Even if you look at it from a workplace perspective or in a worldly perspective, most jobs, you don't get too many chances to mess up. You don't get too many chances to do it right. A lot of times you one chance, one shot. And after that, you miss your opportunity. What's the cliche? You only get one chance to leave a first impression. And a lot of times that first impression is a lasting impression. But thankfully, God's grace isn't like that because our first impression to God is we've sinned. <laughs> we were born sinners. So our first impression to God is not one that's something where he should say, you know what? I think I'd like to give this guy another chance. This guy looks like he's trustworthy. This woman looks like she can handle what I have for her. Based on what we do and based on the evidence, we are not trustworthy. Why would God trust us? Why would God believe in us? Why would God 
enlist us to do his will as sinful and as crooked as we are. But his grace is so awesome and so amazing that he even factors in our failures, even though he's aware of them, does not stop him from using us. It's so amazing, family, that God is so wonderfully gracious that even in our trials, like the scripture says, he allows us to come to his throne of grace with confidence so we can find grace in the time of need. One more scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse 2. And this is Paul, obviously talking to Timothy. (laughs) Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Now verse 3, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now there's a lot to unpack in those three verses. Now let's go to verse one. It says, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. So Paul is already telling Timothy, okay, you need to be strong through the grace, the opportunity that God gives you. Now, why is he telling him to be strong? Now you go down to verse three, because you and I, just like Timothy, we have to, in verse three, endure suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So we're talking about God's grace and our trials. It's not just grace for our missteps, but grace to do the works that God has for us. So we need God's grace in our trials in the terms of we're going to be tested in our behavior, but we're also going to be tested in our business for doing God's work. That again, the enemy is going to be attacking us. The enemy is going to set up traps and roadblocks. And we're going to have internal as well as external forces trying to stop us from doing the work and the will of God. But God's grace, as the scripture says here in 2 Timothy, keeps us strong. The grace that God gives us. So not only did he tell Timothy to teach the truths of God's word, but he makes it clear in verse 3 that we have to endure suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a sobering verse that most people, most preachers and most Bible teachers and people who share the word of God, they tend to shy away from verses like verse three. They don't want to give people the quote unquote, the bad news. (laughs) They don't want to give people the harsh expectation, even as real and true as it is, that we have to suffer as Christians. The Bible makes it clear that if we belong to Christ, suffering is our lot, that the world is not going to compromise with us. The world is not going to make it comfortable for us. The world is not going to be our ally. So for that reason alone, we need the grace of God. We need his strength, his power and his opportunity to get it right to still move forward, even though opposition is there, even though struggles are there, even though our family members may not understand and maybe people in our circle may not have the same viewpoint that we do when it comes to our salvation and why we serve and why you read your Bible, why you're always talking about Jesus and why are you always praying? Why are you always going to church? These are things that we're going to face inevitably. And because of that challenge alone, we need the grace of God, because when we mess up both in our own missteps and we mess up trying to do God's will, 
It's God's grace that not only gives us another opportunity, but strengthens us to keep going on and to doing the will of God. Now, the last thing we need to know about God's grace and what's so amazing about it is that God's grace is evident in our lifestyle. God's grace is obviously needed to be saved. It's obviously needed when we're going through trials. But if you and I are recipients of God's grace, it's not just something people hear about. It's something that people can see in our lifestyle, that the way we carry ourselves, the way we conduct business, the way we interact with other people is going to provide evidence that we are recipients of God's grace. Let me give you a scripture. Titus chapter two, verses 11 and 12. And it says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Now look what it says next. It teaches us, the grace now, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Because you and I have received God's grace, we live a life that reflects the fact that we have God's grace. That we don't take for granted that the fact that God has given us another chance. So we are so much more thankful for the grace and we extend the grace of God. Remember, as Christians, the light of Christ does not stop in us. The light of Christ shines through us. We are just reflections of the goodness of Christ. If there's anything worthwhile that a person sees in you and I, they should be seeing God and not us. Because the light that they see in us, if it's not Christian, if it's not Christ himself, it's not a light at all. But if they can see how we can still hold on and still love people, even when they don't love us, we can still live a life, as the scripture says in Titus, that, that say no to ungodliness and really passions. And despite the peer pressure, you only live once and do what you want to do and have at it. But to be self-controlled, upright and godly lives, the fact that we can even do that is proof that we have the grace of God. And then when people ask how you can do it, again, we are just reflections of the light of our Lord and Savior that shines through our lives, that people should be recipients of God's grace through us who are also recipients of God's grace. One more scripture and we're done. First Peter chapter four, verse 10. It says, each of you, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. As I just stated. So first Peter is making it clear that again, people should see God's grace through people who have received God's grace. You and I are merely vessels that God has chosen to use. And because we've established on previous episodes that we're not good people by nature, that we're saved through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're new creations in Jesus Christ. So everything that's worthwhile is because of God's grace. Everything about us that's pleasing to God is because he gave it to us. So God's grace is God's way of displaying his love for others through you and I. So when people see us being gracious to them, they can surmise Oh, they should surmise that us being gracious to them 
is really God being gracious to them. And that should be so shown and so displayed in your lifestyle. When you come into a room and you being filled with the spirit of God, with the grace of God, you shouldn't have to quote a Bible verse. You shouldn't have to quote what church you go to for people to know that you have Jesus in you, that you are saved and you are filled with his spirit and his presence. There should be something about you, your very presence, our very presence that changes the atmosphere where we go. And then when it comes time for us to speak and to divulge the grace and the mercy of God, people should be so intrigued and so impressed that they looked for the same source of grace that we have, that they look to you and I and say, where can I get this grace? Where can I get this mercy? Where can I get this love that permeates from you? So as Christians, as we end this week's episode, God's grace is vital in our salvation. We need it in order to be saved. God's grace is needed in our trials, whether we're doing work for him or we falling short in trying to work for him. And God's grace should be evident in our lifestyle. It's something that should permeate and be evidence in how we conduct our very lives. God's grace is so amazing, just like I quoted in that famous song, How Sweet the Sound that Saved Wretches Like You and I. And if you are listening to this podcast and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I hope that you have gained, if nothing else, some insight about how God's grace is available even to you, that he loves you, more than you could ever imagine. And that his love is shown by the fact that he's graciously waiting and hoping, as the scripture says, that you would turn to repentance and turn away from the world and turn to him. God's amazing grace is so wonderful that even in my feeble attempt in this podcast to try to describe it with words, it goes beyond words. Grace is an action word. (laughs) Is something that God does and that we can display to prove that God truly does exist in the heart and the minds of his children. I thank you so much for listening. I pray as always that this episode has blessed you. And as we always end, let your light shine brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction.